Hello everyone, welcome to the African Fantasy Football Podcast of myself, Sabelo Mbongo, and my co-host, Adam Spio. Adam, how has it been for you? Nah, it's nah. not been bad at all. It's not been bad at all. Um, I'm not really a huge fan of the international break, to be honest. So I don't really consume a lot of international football during the time, but I try as much to listen to some ports here and there, but the Premier League and other leagues as well. So I'm excited for this conversation. And I'm excited for tomorrow's first game, Liverpool versus Everton. Yeah, for sure. I definitely miss the Premier League myself. Um, you know, the international break is is fun, but then you know all good things have have to come to an end. And I miss the Premier League, man. Yeah, we all do, you know, we we, we, we enjoy the week in, week out dazzle and fun that the likes of Son and Madison and Salah and Haaland give us. So yeah. It's great to have it back. And looking back into the previous game week before we went to the international break, I don't know if you recall, Adam, but which team would you say stood out for you in the previous fixtures? And um, which players stood out for you as well? Uh, For me, I really hated the fact that my team drew. Uh, I couldn't stand Brighton. You know, it's always such a tough game uh, playing with them. But the game that really impressed me was everton Benmark. I didn't expect them to win 3-0. So, kudos to them and their team. Chelsea also impressed me uh, 4-1 away to Burnley. So, I think those were the standout games for me. Uh, quite disappointing, actually, that um, Man City couldn't you know, get a point away at Arsenal, but I did predict 1-0 to Arsenal very early on. So I'm just glad that my prediction really fell on, you know, beautiful ears. It's 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 great that my team can do all, you know, my second team, which I support not as deeply as Liverpool can do well. Yeah, 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 for sure. Arsenal is my favourite team. I was so happy when they beat Man City. Um, for me, obviously, on a personal note, it was it was my fixture of the weekend. But then I was also impressed with Chelsea because you know they've been getting they've been having a hard time in the league, and then to to win four one, I don't I don't know if it's the beginning of the turn of the tide for Chelsea, but we can only hope for the best. One hundred percent, we can only hope for the best. As a Liverpool fan, I do not want it to be. The return of Chelsea because I don't want more competition for top four, top six. But um, yeah. you know, it will only make the game better if some of the best teams that have been at the highest level for the very longest time can do well. But of course, would love the fact that other boys like Brentford and Fulham and Brighton and Newcastle are starting to show that hey, when the opportunity comes, we can be very good. Yeah, true, true. I'm helping. We'll see how it goes. In this upcoming game week, we have a few interesting fixtures. We have, this is game week nine. In game week nine, uh, we have the first game, Merseyside derby, Liverpool versus Everton at half past one, standard South African time. And then Bournemouth plays against Wolf at four o'clock 
and then Brentford against Burnley. And then another interesting game is Man City and Brighton. Should be very interesting. And then Palace goes to Newcastle. And then it's Nottingham Forest with Luton. Chelsea against Arsenal. And United against Sheffield. Those are Saturday's fixtures. And then on Sunday, there's only one. Aston Villa goes against West Ham. That could be interesting as well. And then on Monday, there's also only one. Wow, Spurs host Fulham. Adam, which fixture looks the most appetizing to you this upcoming weekend? I mean, for sure, I'm looking forward to the Messi side derby, uh, which was a very tough one for my boys, whether it's at Anfield or whether it's at Everton Stadium. When we, they do move to the new stadium, that, you know, battle between the Messi side boys will continue to be as tough as it is. Um, I'm really hoping that my boys, especially my South American boys and my European boys who did very well uh, during the international break will be able to pull up for us like nobody's business. It's 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 healthy to see that Darwin is scoring and assisting. It's healthy to see that Cody and Van Dijk are contributing as well. So for me, I'm really looking forward to that game. I'm also looking forward to see how, you know, Spurs can keep that consistency. I was really, really, really pissed against, you know, um, Spurs when, when we lost the game to the inconsistency and the incompetencies of the referees. But nonetheless, we may just see a situation where Spurs may try and prove themselves this season. They are playing on Monday. I'm really hoping that Fulham can bring a big surprise you know, to them and really spoil their party. Another team I'm also looking forward to spoiling another team's party, Sheffield United. Uh, it's 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 a blessing for me to see United suffer the way, you know, that they're doing. What it means is one less team to, you know, fight for top four. And knowing very well that Sheffield also hasn't necessarily kept some form of consistency in the league, perhaps this game can be a beginning for them to really get to that point. What about you? Firstly, has to be a Chelsea and Arsenal fixture. And for for this game week, I, I, I'm not as confident as I would have been if we felt, faced Chelsea earlier on in the season. But I trust that they do good. And then Man City, for sure, I'll be looking at them, you know, because they're, I think they have to redeem themselves. They've been losing a bit too often for Manchester City. I think the world can agree on that. So I'm looking forward to see how they will take this test against Brighton. And of course, the Merseyside derby. I mean, who can forget that? All of the players that have come in, some players are playing the Merseyside derby for the first time. Going to see them put on a five-star show. And now with the, the international break, Behind us, it brought a lot of injuries. I'm sure you have noticed in your fantasy team as well, Adam. So, which 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 injured players do you have right now that they were injured during the international break? I mean, for me so far, it's only um, Saka that is showing some form of injury. It hasn't yet been updated on the um, app. I've been trying to follow through with what Ateta is saying. 
uh, it hasn't been concrete yet, but what it shows for me is that uh, there's a high potential that he'll be ready for this weekend. We all want to watch Saka. We all want to be able to enjoy his game. So I'm really looking forward to him, you know, returning and giving me the points that I need. Um, in one of my other teams, I've got Ben Mee. Ben Mee is currently on the yellow. So he may just be ready for this weekend. Apart from those two players, every other player on my team, you know, is very fit and very ready for this weekend. What about you? Me on my team, I got like three injured players. So Isak is out. Uh, Sven Bartman is out. And then Robinson as well is out for sure for the Merseyside derby. Saka, I have Saka in my team as well, but, you know, being an Arsenal fan and knowing how Ateta works, he's most likely to play. And Saliba has a high chance of playing, but he also has a slight knock. But we take it as they come. So I'm hoping that all of these players play and, you know, and all of those that are not playing recover in time before I have to sell them. Sabelo, your team is really bleeding to have these number of gentlemen being injured. In fact, this is, I think this is a perfect time to really dive into this topic for this particular episode. Is it time for us to be considering wildcarding, knowing very well that we've more or less played like halfway through the first half of the season before the December break? Is this, especially for you, and I'm very sure the managers out there would also be struggling with the injuries that you've mentioned and even more. Are you confident? Do you think, have you been thinking about trying to use a wild card all, all this week and last week as well? Um, yes, that's what I was looking to, to, to do to use my wild card because I have too many players, in, players injured and it's players that I need in my squad. So if I'm facing this problem, that means that multiple managers are also facing this problem. So, guys, I think it's time to use that wild card and save ourselves from this situation that we're in. I'm still, I'm still waiting a bit. Uh, I tried to be very smart by skipping uh, one of the transfers. And then I had two just before the international break. So I was able to make some very important transfers here and there and also position myself, you know, in a place where, yes, I know that I may not necessarily use a wild card, but I can bring in two players who may be very good for this upcoming, you know, game week and really benefit from them. I mean, I remember we made mention of in the previous episode that Villa has very good fixtures coming up, especially for the next four so I decided that for all my teams, with all the double transfers I had, I was certainly bringing in a Villa player, knowing very well that either midfield or a striker will contribute to me doing very well. Yeah, looking at uh, Villa, have a very powerful striking force, better than most teams in the Premier League. And looking at their upcoming fixtures. Uh, fair to say that the hardest one is against Spurs, but I, I, I trust them to, to, to collect at least nine points out of their next five fixtures. 
Uh, what other teams would you tell FPL managers to look out for um, in the, in these upcoming game weeks? For sure, if you can double up on spare players, that would be good given the fact that they don't have midweek games and do not have to you know, be bothered about any other competition. They will be making sure they give their very best for the league. So if you can double up or triple up on Spurs players, definitely get that in. Definitely get in your Arsenal players as well and your Liverpool players. I think Liverpool is best placed here for the next five game weeks. Why do I say this? One, two, three, four, five of the game weeks, only one game, which is against City, away on the 25th of November, has a rating of five. And the game week before that has a rating of three. And then from game week nine all the way to game week 11, it has a fixture difficulty rating of two. So FPL managers have to start thinking about the likes of Salah, the likes of Darwin, the likes of Soboslai, who really had a lot of impact for their countries during this game week. I mean, in the last game that Hungary played, Soboslai scored an assistant. In the last game that Uruguay played as well, Darwin scored an assistant. And we know that Salah is really Liverpool's you know, talisman here. So I think it's time for managers to start considering doubling up on Liverpool assets. It will really just do you a lot of benefits. What do you think, Sabelo? Apart from the assets that you mentioned, future from Villa, which other team do you think you would want to double, triple up on? For sure. Um, Liverpool assets, as you said, looking at the next five fixtures, the Man City will be the hardest. And the other fixtures don't look so tough, especially against the Liverpool that have formed now with Sabosly and Darwin and Luis Diaz and all of those guys who are playing well, relatively well, most recently. So I definitely get Liverpool assets. I'll get uh, maybe a trend if you're looking for the back line. I don't really like getting centre-backs, so I'd probably get Trent and um, Sabosly in the midfield. He's always playing. And then get a Luis Diaz if you don't have him. And then people with Salah, uh, I think, will, will, will feast in these coming days. I expect him to do well. And... Um, getting all those those Liverpool assets like Darwin Nunes as well. So Liverpool shouldn't have a, f a problem in the in the coming game weeks, and FPL managers should definitely get um, Liverpool assets. For me, I'm also here thinking that if I wild card, there's a likelihood that it may not work well for me. Why am I saying this? Look at the fixtures that we have for you know this coming game week on Saturday alone we have the likes of Liverpool City, Brighton, Arsenal, Man U, Chelsea, Newcastle, right? All playing Saturday alone. And then we have spares assets being used on Monday. Villa assets being used on Sunday. What's the likelihood that captaining anyone or having players from these Sunday and Monday fixtures can be a benefit for you because, of course, in the mind of an FPL manager, maybe our captain son or captain Madison and ignore Liverpool asset, but 
given the fact that Liverpool plays Everton first, you may have a situation where Subosai or you know Subosai gets a hat trick of assists or Salah scores a hat trick of goals, right? But being you know pushed to use your wild card just before, the likelihood of bleeding from a failure using your wild card is really high. What do you think, Sapelo? Nah, definitely using. I can see why it could be dangerous right now, um, considering that everybody just came back from the international break. You know, they still have to reconvene and, you know, gel a bit better since they were playing with different teammates this past two weeks. So it'd definitely be a risk playing a wild card this week. It might get less points, but that would, that would depend on, you know, which players you sign. But it's definitely a risk by some other people. It's a risk, I'd say, they have to take, you know, considering people in my position, for instance, considering that they have many injuries or suspended players or something like that. So it's really a, a weird place to be. It's like a rock and a hard place, you know. But, but FPL managers, how, it, how I would put it, I'd say... People that need to use it should use it. One hundred percent. If you don't have to use it, there's no need to really waste it. Uh, for me, I think what I've realized is that the two most used formations it's either three five two or three four three, and the two strikers that tend to be most people's squads is Alvarez and Haaland, right? And if you already own an asset like Ferguson or you already own an asset like Visa or your team, and knowing very well that right now, um, Watkins is a very expensive striker to have, what is the likelihood that, you know, we'll be able to find ways to move funds around, maybe get a cheaper option in midfield? Sabella, I'm bringing this question to you. If you were to bring Watkins into your squad, right? And you were to focus on, um, uh, you know, having a front three of Haaland, Alvarez, and Watkins, because of course, Alvarez and Watkins are owned about the same amount, 32% roughly, whilst Haaland has dropped to an 87, 88, uh, approximately. If you were to remove a player from midfield or from your defense, who will you take out? to try and bring in uh, Watkins would have to justify it for managers so that it's very easy for them when they are using their wild card. Um, I, I would take out Mitoma for him, you know, because he's a striker on form right now and, you know, Brighton is dropping a bit in form and Mitoma is not as involved as he he usually is or we've come to expect of him and you know simply because of that I'd, I'd, I'd take out Mitoma for, for Watkins who's been in impeccable form I'd say you know but he's Oli Watkins he switches on when he wants to I just wish that he was more consistent he'd be such a much better striker but I'd definitely take out Kyle Mitoma FPL managers however will have to be wary of the fact that a number of players who play the longest or had sorry a number of players 
who had the longest journeys in returning to the Premier League after their international break will potentially be rested. Let's quickly just go through them for Argentina. Emi Martinez played 90 minutes in their last game, same as McAllister, same as Fernandez. Fernandez. Alvarez had 78 minutes. Romero played half the game. Montiel had 34. And then Lucioso with 12 and Ganacho did not play a minute. When it comes to Brazil, Gabriel played 90 minutes. Jesus had 90 minutes as well. Edison, 90 minutes as well. Same as Casemiro. Gumares played 84 minutes. Richarlison played 45. Matheus Cunha, 6. And Alisson didn't play at all. For Colombia, we saw Diaz playing 90 minutes. Duran played 15. Sinistera didn't have any appearance in there. For Ecuador, Taisino played 90 minutes in their last game. For Germany, Passau Gross played 45 minutes. Havertz and then we didn't play at all. Ghana, we had Ayu, who played 90 minutes. Uh, Kudus played 75 minutes. Partey played 64. It's good to see him having some minutes in his legs. And then Semenyo played 15. Mexico, Alvarez had 90 minutes. Edson Alvarez played 90 minutes. Jimenez didn't perform at all. Uh, for Paraguay, Amaron played 90 minutes. Uruguay, we know that Nunes scored and assisted in 90 minutes. Pelesh, who played 88. Bueno didn't feature at all. And then in the U.S., Turner played for 90 minutes. With Richards played for 72. And Reem and Horvath did not perform. Out of this list, the people who tend to be most teams, we have Nunes, we have Amaron. We've got Kudus in some people's teams. We've got Caicedo. We've got Jesus and Gabriel. We've got McAllister Martinez. We've got Fernandez in there as well. Casemiro and Bruno Gubarez. If you're in, if you're going to play your wild card, should managers consider this particular game week as a loss? Because of course, if you don't have your players starting, that's fewer minutes and fewer potential points. Or they should use your wild card for the longer game. Because of course, FPL is a marathon and not a sprint. Considering all those players that have played a lot of minutes and players that have been injured, uh, the first game week, I feel like it's kind of a tester. Like the first game week back is a tester. You know, some players will miss it because they're still tied from um, their previous international fixtures. So it is very tricky as well for FPL managers that are setting the squads, you know, and... FBO managers that don't know about these players and how long they played and how it affects them. And it and they just pick players. So the first week will be pretty tricky considering and that's a lot of players that you named. Considering all of those players that you named, playing the wild card now is, is sounding like a bad idea. But no, maybe next week or the following week. I think that makes sense because if I'm going to play my wild card and the top players I bring in like Nunes, like Luis Diaz, who potentially may just be rested because we saw that in the previous game week that they came back from international break, Darwin Nunes and Luis started from the bench because they returned late and we'll see that potentially happening again tomorrow in the first game of the of, of, of game week nine. I wouldn't want to risk it. But of course, for next week where we see the performances of these guys by the end of the game week, it may just be an assurance for 
um, managers that it's time to use. I think it's always best to not use a wild card um, during, um, you know, an international break because so many things may just happen. You may have a situation where a player gets injured after you've brought them in and then you have to spend extra cash or you have a situation where, you know, a player gets suspended and they don't get to play as, at all and then you lose out. So the advice to all managers out there is, let this game be passed. If you can survive without necessarily changing your squad, do that. If you can't and you really need to use a wild card, the door is all yours. Do enjoy it. Now, yeah, definitely, I couldn't agree more. You should let this week pass. You know, see how it goes. See who's back, who's not, who might be rested. Don't don't play this wild card unless you need to. Like I said before, you shouldn't play that wild card. And then, but you know, I I predict that in this coming game week, the average game points will be very low. I'd say the highest. I'd say probably like mid forties. You know, because there's so many factors affecting this upcoming game week, and I expect that there won't be a lot of points because a lot of Managers don't know about the players. As I said, they were injured or played long in international duty. Have to factor in traveling time as well and the, the distance between the last international game and the first fixture, which is tomorrow. And, you know, it's going to be a very interesting game week. 100, 100%. And I think you, you make a solid point there of, you know, it being a situation where the average points may just be around 45-ish because, of course, so many things are still uncertain. We don't know whether Saka will play. We don't know whether Arsenal will start some of, you know, the boys who came late. And, of course, knowing that it's going to be Arsenal versus Chelsea, Arteta would want to have his best players, you know, playing in that game. But some of them, of course, will be coming from America and would have you know, going through long distances to get back to the club. So let's see how things are. Like you said again, as a manager, wait till game with 10 before you use your wild card just so that the uncertainties don't hit you on um, right now and you can just really level out the playing field. So by the way, let's dive straight into game with 9. A lot of interesting games for managers to consider here. I mean, the number of players I'm looking out for, both in my team and those who play with players in my team that I really want them to do well uh, for the team to be boosted overall. Let me just go through quickly. Uh, we know the first game is Liverpool and Everton at 11.30 a.m. GMT. And then there are, there are five games which will be played at 2 p.m. GMT. Um, which is Benmark versus Wolves, Bailey away to Brentford, Man City at home to Brighton, Newcastle take out Crystal Palace at St. James's Park, and then Luton go away to Nottingham Forest at the, uh, I think, the City Grounds. Then we have Chelsea and Arsenal at 4.30, the real blockbuster for Saturday's game week. And then Sheffield United hosting Manchester United at, at home. Let's take the key teams that we'll be looking out for. 
do you think Brent Ford's in Guemo and Visa can really prove to us as managers that we should ignore them, but rather we should give them an opportunity to do well? I ask this because I had Iguemo in my team for a very long time and he just kept disappointing me. You know, in game weeks where you wouldn't expect him to, to do well, he would end up doing well. But in game weeks where you expected him to pull up, he was lost in the wind. Yeah, they definitely underwhelmed, I'd say. Um, I guess that's, that's what happens when you call it too early. Um, but Brentford players, uh, I don't think I'd be looking to invest into any Brentford players now or at any point during this season. They they started off like on a house on fire, but now they drop, you know. They become so quiet, like they become so quiet out of nowhere. So Mbuemo and, and, and um, Wisa and all of them, they they really dropped. I don't know what happened, but... I guess it was a bad investment to start with. I hate the fact that they were inconsistent, but hey, I have learned my lesson now. I think for us, FPL managers, the few assets from City that we always, almost, almost always focus on is Haaland and Alvarez. But I believe there's a good shot for the likes of Foden and Bernardo Silva who can hold their own in this weekend. I see Bernardo perhaps getting a goal and an assist. Uh, what do you see? Are you doubling up or tripling up on any City assets against Brighton? Uh, for sure. Uh, I have three City players. One of them is Bernardo, as you mentioned. I have Haaland and I have Julian Alvarez. So I'm expecting at least two out of the three to play well, whichever two it could go either way. But for sure, um, Julian Alvarez will be one of them. I don't remember the last time the guy had a bad game. Um, if ever. Uh, definitely, I, I, I'll be trusting my, my City my city assets to play really well against Brighton. What about you, Adam? What, what City assets do you have? I've got the same city assets as you in one of my teams. Um, in the other two teams, I have only Harland and Alvarez because, of course, these are the two people that Pep is really using up front um, this season. I think that Alvarez will start regardless of the fact that, you know, he traveled long because we saw that in the game week where the players returned after the international break, Alvarez did start in that game. So, I'm seeing him starting against Brighton as well. Uh, for my Brighton assets, I eventually got rid of them after a point in time. Solimach has not been consistent. The same as Mitoma. Mitoma, although has signed a new contract, I'm still not confident that he will pull up in this game. Ferguson, however, did score in the international break. Do you think there's a good shot for managers to consider, at least if you can afford Watkins, having a lineup of... Um, Ferguson, Alvarez, and Haaland. Is, is Ferguson likely to score against City? Um, looking at it on paper, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he'll be able to score, but, you know, football is football. He could score. He could score even a hat-trick, but for me personally, I don't think so, especially given that 
uh, Ferguson is not that experienced in the league as of yet. And he's going to come up against very experienced centre-back pairing. So it's going to be difficult for him to penetrate. But if his wingers can give him the chances, he's certain to bury them away. 100%. That is if. Let's see whether they will be able to hold your own against Man City at Etihad. Newcastle is at home. I mean, they're on a real good high in the last few game weeks. Um, Trippier, of course, is going to be in most managers' teams, regardless of his price, because, of course, he's a very good asset, um, especially when they scored nine in the game week against Sheffield. I think he had a hat-trick of assists. Apart from Trippier and, you know, knowing very well that there are not a lot of consistent players like Isak himself isn't consistent with goal scoring, which other Newcastle assets should managers consider having? I'd say um, Amiguel Amiron would be a great asset. Callum Wilson up front, especially this week. Since there's a there's a low chance of Alexander Isak playing this week, um, I'd say Callum Wilson deserves a shout. Uh, Bruno Gimesh has been quiet, you know, but I don't expect him to be quiet for 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 too long. And and the back line also there's a few injuries, so Nicholas Pope is an honourable mention in the Newcastle team. I don't think he's spoken about enough in the FPL and how much he does for the Newcastle team. But if I definitely get Nick Pope as well. What about Yeah, you? that's the thing. A lot of people don't really consider, you know, goalkeepers because, of course, the very expensive assets, we tend to run away from them knowing very well that you may be an Edison or an Allison, you will still concede goals. And the sad situation is that when you concede a goal, the clean sheet is gone. And we tend to see the goalkeepers from the lower teams tending to have more safe points because of the number of shots that come to them. So, of course, how many people will, will want to invest into Pope? But I think I agree with you. Um, apart from Trippier, Mega Armeron is one choice that managers should not ignore. Although he's not been necessarily consistent this season, he is deadly. He has the potential to give assists and score goals. So, yes, he can be considered as well as Callum Wilson, um, who can be brilliant on a good day. But, of course, it's a consistency that managers are looking for. So, I believe, although managers may not get two, having Chippie in that team will be extremely important. We are seeing increasingly that Crystal Palace is finding their form and finding their feet in the Premier League this season, the likes of Anderson, Gay are doing very well. Although they are going away to Newcastle, should managers consider Palace assets um, for the for this game week and for the incoming game weeks? Given the fact that out of their next five game weeks, three of them have a fixture difficulty rating of two, which is game week 11, 12, and 13 against Bailey, Everton, and Luton, respectively. But apart from their next game week, which is against Newcastle in game week nine, and has a dif difficulty rating of four, the others are fairly okay. 
um, home to space, they can create some problems. But should managers start to consider Palace assets, at least one asset, maybe in a game, knowing that Roy Hodgson is a very defensive manager? As you mentioned, Adam, um, Roy Hodgson is a very defensive manager. So going forward, that would tell you that getting um, Crystal Palace players is not such a good idea because, you know, just because of the type of manager that they have. And, you know, in their last few fixtures, they, they haven't been playing the best. But if that's any show of, of the team that FPL managers want to bet on, um, I don't think getting Crystal Palace assets is necessary right now. I don't know. Do you have maybe you have a different view from me, Adam? I mean, I I have Gay because he's affordable. Um, I'm trying to you know move money around for much more um, expensive midfielders and strikers. So having him in there, it's not bad at all. At, at his price of four point five, I think he's a very good asset. Um, he, he can get some clean sheets here and there. So it's not bad. Of course, I agree with you. I'm not going to double up on Palace assets, but just having him there, either him or Anderson, it's it's been a real uh, blessing for me. The strange game for me in this game weekend, one where I'm really not sure where it may go, is Forest versus Luton. I don't have any Forest assets at the moment uh, because, well, they've not necessarily been consistent. I worry me. Has not been consistent, same as Gibbs White. But um, is this a game that managers should find a way to bring in a forest player, especially when people decide to wildcard? I think the benefit of wildcard in this game can be that managers can have majority of the players from Saturday's game alone, where most of the points will come to, right? But the risk of doing that is that, of course, games may not go the way you would predict and you'd end up losing out on it. But particularly for Forrest and Luton, should managers start considering having assets from those two clubs, especially as we saw during the day, double game week for Burnley and Luton? Burnley and Luton players right now are kind of radioactive given the form of both teams. They're both teams that recently came up into the league and, and they both performing, I'd say, bad. Putting it lightly, I'd say they're performing very bad. Personally, I don't think um, I'd get any Luton players or any Forest players. But um, Tayo Awani looks like he's been on, 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 a, on a certain form. So he's a player I'd consider. Serge Aurier, he's been playing um, pretty well for, for, for Forest as well. And then in Luton... I don't know. Not sure about them. I think that the only goals that they've come in the Premier League and their only win in the Premier League were from set pieces. So I don't know how much I can trust them if they can't score from open play thus far into a campaign. I mean, we're nine weeks in now. They should have, you know, done something by now. But I wouldn't get any of those players. I'm assuming that you have a few in your team. Uh, of course, I had a Kabore because it's very cheap. So, again, space for other players to come in. But he's not proved 
you know, powerful for me, enough just conceding goal after goal after goal. So it's really quite sad. I believe there was a game week I had zero points from all my defenders. I think I had two two looting town defenders and then one defender from Burnley that didn't play. So that was a real bother for me. But um I'm just hoping that in this game week and the subsequent game weeks to come, my midfielders and strikers can pull up for me in a very good way. I think the blockbuster game, as we've all mentioned, is Chelsea-Arsenal. In fact, have Chelsea justified two FPL managers that it's time to have players from their teams? Do you think the Arsenal game against Chelsea is going to be one where it's high scoring? As far as convincing FPL managers, I don't think they've quite hit the right note with FPL managers as of yet. But I think they will if they keep carrying on in the trajectory that they're on. And But uh, against Arsenal, I don't expect them to do particularly well. But, you know, is it going to be a goal for all games? Possibly. There have been many goals in Arsenal versus Chelsea fixtures in the past. So there could be, there's a possibility of it being uh, a goal thriller. But I don't think Arsenal will lose tomorrow's game simply because of how well they've been playing and how they have been playing, the style of play that they've been playing. You know, where Chelsea as a team would everybody's new to everyone, so they're still trying to figure out their play. So while they're figuring out they play Arsenal already know how they play, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a watch, is what I can say. One hundred percent for me, I currently cannot afford um more Arsenal assets, which is quite sad. But I'm very happy with Saka that I have, seeing that potentially he may start tomorrow. I know that Arsenal can go above and beyond to win tomorrow's game, but I would love them to win tomorrow's game. I know we've been hating on United for a very long time, but we also have to be realistic here. Do you think Rashford can really pull up and start to give us the momentum that he gave us from last season, seeing that he's been a bit quiet? and a bit lost in most games, you know, not scoring and assisting as much. Can this be that turnaround game for Rashford, for Bruno, and for the likes of the uh, Rasmus Hoyland, seeing that he scored in midweek, can that form be replicated and continued? Uh, Hoyland has been, has been a player that I've liked ever since he's got to United. Um I just hope that I just wish that the United players could trust him more. And uh there's this other player, Pelestri. Pelestri is a good player. I just wish that he'd get more game time. He's really good. And for Rashford, I, I don't really know about Rashford, you know, because it would have been something if you know his form was a bit down bad just for the club. By carrying that into his national team as well, it should tell you that maybe he's in a bad space mentally or he's having a rough form. So this weekend, I don't expect him to 
to do well, but I'm not ruling it out, you know, because it's Rashford. He can turn up at any time. It's almost like he waits for us to be totally pissed with him before he turns on. But I guess it's something that I wouldn't rule out. What about you? Any any United assets that you like? Truth be told, I don't like any of them. Um, I don't have any United assets in my team. I started the the season with Bruno and he just kept failing me over and over again. So I've gone the safer route and by you know infiltrating my team with Arsenal and City and Liverpool and Spurs assets in the important places. I don't think I will be adding any United assets yet because I'm still not convinced for the very good reasons. But um, let's see. Let's see. Hopefully, people who would see value in having United assets will be benefiting, you know. I think for me, my highest scoring game week uh, match will be the first game, Liverpool versus Everton. Although it may look cagey, uh, Liverpool has the momentum. The players in Liverpool have the momentum. So I would go and say maybe a crazy 4-0 win where Salah gets either a hat-trick of goals or a hat-trick of assists. And I think the lowest scoring game of game week nine, I'll have to give it to either Brentford Burnley um, or Nottingham Forest versus Luton. I don't I really don't see a lot of games being a lot of goals being scored there and a lot of players getting points there. What what is the highest scoring and lowest scoring game for you in game week nine? Yeah, the highest scoring game. Um, for me, I see Liverpool blowing Everton out of the water. I expect them to get a lot of goals. You know, it is a fixture that, that has had a lot of goals in the last few years. And considering the current Everton form and the current Liverpool form, they they had like opposite ends of a spectrum. So factoring that in, I expect Liverpool to, to score a lot of goals. So that will be the highest scoring game of the weekend for me. And the lowest has to be Forrest and Luton. I expect maybe Forrest will win 2-1 or 2-0 at most. I don't expect them to get more goals than that. Who is the youngster to look out for in game week nine from any of the matches that you would see? If the, the Man United coach will allow it, and play Facundo Palestri this week, I'd say watch out for him. He, he's a phenomenal player. I don't understand why he doesn't play more often. And I don't get why he has to try to prove a point every time he plays, because every time he plays, he's good. He, it's him and Hoyland. Hoyland is a, is, a, is a breath of fresh air to United fans, you know, considering what... It's been going on with the club most recently and what's still going on, be it on the field and behind the scenes as well. And getting this player with a lot of life in him has been a real asset for, for United. I'd say those two will be my youngsters. What about you? Most definitely tipping Elliot. Uh, he scored a goal and assisted for England under 21 during the international break. So he's the youngster that I'm looking to to really try his very best to prove a point to Klopp that you listen, you need to start me more games or bring me on much more often than not. Straight 
jump into our captain picks for game week nine. I think for me, my captain picks would have to come from players within home teams. Um, so my top three, of course, I'm going for either Salah, Julian Alvarez, and Human Song with a very good shout from Watkins, just because, of course, he played midweek for England. He had a chance, which he couldn't score. But he can carry on that form into the game against West Ham. Although West Ham can be, in fact, we didn't really dive into West Ham's assets. Let's do that quickly before we look at the captains in pick. Bowen is, of course, one player that a lot of managers would want to have in their team. Um, Kudu scored in the last game before the international break. Is this a time for FPL managers to start to consider more of Western assets? Maybe a combination of Bowen and Kudus or Bowen and Ward Prowse, seeing that Ward Prowse tends to get more minutes than Kudus. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mohamed Kudus, ever since he got to the league, he's been playing well. He plays like a player that's been here. And Ali Watkins has been on top, to say the least. And yeah, I definitely get a few West Ham players. They, 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 they've been playing real well recently. But getting them for long term, I'm not certain. Because West Ham, they're a good team, but they're not a consistent team. So the results won't be consistent, meaning that the FPL points won't also be consistent. So for now, I get them, but... As a long-term signing, it's still questionable that they haven't proven themselves to me yet. I think that's a fair point. Who are your captain picks for Game Week 9? Uh, my captain picks for Game Week 9 would have to be uh, Julian Alvarez. My top three will be Julian Alvarez, um, Son, and um, Kulosevsky. Uh, I have a lot of faith in Dejan Kulisevsky. Even though he plays for a rival club, he's a winger that I admire. He plays his own type of football. I don't know any other player that plays a winger the way he does. But those are my top three captain picks for, for this upcoming game. That's a very interesting shout. Kulisevsky is not one who has been considered for, at least from what I know, a captain pick before, but hey, if that's your choice and that's your choice as an FPL manager, all the very best to you. There we have it, folks, a preview of Game Week 9, where we are really looking to enjoy points, although some players may not start games and come on and not necessarily give us a point. Do not forget to follow the African Fantasy Football Podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify on social media as well on all social media handles and subscribe to our weekly conversations so that you don't miss out on everything FPL. Till we meet next week, it's goodbye for now.